Welcome to the conversation on TYT Network. Um, now, you know a lot of things that uh, Trump has done terribly in America. Uh, if you watch the Young Turks at all, just watch one day, you'll know. Um, but you might not know some of the terrible things he's done in other countries, including uh, the UK, where, where he's taken on little old ladies in Scotland. He also did that here in Atlantic City, uh, so there's a pattern with him. Uh, but there's a guy who's very familiar with it. It's Anthony Baxter. He's a, a director, former BBC journalist. He did Flint, which is a great documentary, but also You've Been Trumped, and now You've Been Trumped too, as in T-O-O. -O. Uh, Anthony, great to have you on The Young Turks. Lovely to be here, Jang. So, Anthony, uh, let's uh, talk about Scotland. And but I, but I want the audience to know that this isn't just the story of Donald Trump. It's uh, also the story of how the rich and powerful can use the legal system uh, that was meant to protect the little guy to, in fact, flip it on its head and crush the little guy. So uh, that, to me, is almost a more telling part of the story. But first, folks got to know what you were working on. So. What was the original movie? Movie you've been trumped uh, because at that time he wasn't anywhere near running for office. So tell us about that first. Well, I am talking to you, Jenk, from Scotland, uh, a village just up the road from where I am, is where Donald Trump decided to build a golf resort. He came to Scotland uh, around 2010 and promised to invest one and a half billion dollars, create 6,000 jobs and build a luxury hotel on a protected wilderness, one of our last remaining uh, stretches of sand dunes that was supposed to be protected. But the Scottish government believed Donald Trump's promises of bringing big economic gain to the area. And so they gave him permission to build on this land. And when I saw how he was treating the local residents, and then specifically a farmer, Michael Forbes, who Mr. Trump described as an animal. He said he lives like a pig. He said his farm is a slum. I want that property out of my way. Uh, and he said the same about other residents there as well. And the local media here in Scotland were quite in favour of Donald Trump's development. They seemed to think it was going to be a great idea. And they described people like Molly Forbes, uh, an elderly lady, and Michael Forbes' mother, um, as standing in the way of progress. And I felt that their story needed to be told. And so I went up many times to film with the local residents in an attempt to get them uh, access to the airwaves, really, because I didn't feel that their voices were being heard. And in 2010, while I was filming, I discovered that Donald Trump had his workers had cut off the water supply to Molly Forbes, who was then 86 years old, and Michael Forbes as well. Um, and they promised, the Trump organization promised to reinstate the water. And I know that because I interviewed one of their employees at the time. And shortly after interviewing this greenkeeper, I was then forcibly arrested by the Scottish police and thrown in jail. Uh, I got out later that day and the National Union of Journalists took up my case and the charges were eventually thrown out. But it was my first encounter, really, of seeing how Mr. Trump was using the Scottish police as his own private security force. And that footage and that incident is in the first film, You've Been Trumped, which was released 
in 2012. And I followed it up with another film, A Dangerous Game, where I actually sat down with Mr. Trump at Trump Tower in 2013. And then, as you mentioned, I was making Flint about the water disaster in Flint in 2016. And I spoke to Molly Forbes, this elderly lady, on the phone. And she told me that far from having their water fixed, she was without a water supply at all. And so I decided to come back to Scotland. And I was a bit torn at the time between uh, staying in Flint um, and finishing the film, which I only have just done this year. We've only just finished Flint. And coming back and getting a film out to show the American people what Donald Trump has done in Scotland. And that was 2016. And we got the film finished ahead of the election. But as you alluded to, we just weren't able to get it out because Donald Trump's organization launched legal threats against anybody who showed the film or repeated the allegations in it. Yeah. So let's take those one at a time because there's so many issues that uh, you raise right there. So first off, uh, back in 2011, 2012, when you were working on the first movie, and they have you arrested. At that point, Donald Trump has zero political power, uh, but he has money. Uh, and so, you know, it, it happened here in North Dakota as well in the protests of the pipeline. It happens everywhere. Uh, and it, it happens much worse in America, honestly. But the police often simply just work as private security for the rich. So, they, I mean, why on God's green, did they ever explain to you why they arrested you? I mean, the reality is, obviously, Trump told them, or somebody in Trump's organization told them, uh, this is not good for our economic benefit, and I'm a billionaire, and Anthony isn't. Go cart him away, and they did. So that's just unreal. Did they ever bother apologizing, explain why they uh, arrested you uh, upon a rich person's command? Well, Donald Trump Jr. admitted to me on camera that he and his colleague had called the police uh, when they heard that I had interviewed one of their people about the water being shut off. Uh, I did ask Mr. Trump himself the question about why I'd been arrested uh, when I interviewed him at Trump Tower in 2013. And he said, you'll just have to pick that up with the police, Anthony. I can't tell you why you were arrested. Uh, but it was clear that the chain of command, that the order, if you will, had come from the Trump organization that I'd be detained. Uh, and it was an appalling incident. And if I had my time again, I would have sued the police. Uh, but uh, we were so intent on trying to get the film out and to try and get the story out of how this power and money, as you say, he had no political power, that is true, but he had the politicians of Scotland in the palm of his hand. I mean, at that time, he was, of course, a reality TV show host uh, of The Apprentice, and here in Scotland, that's how people knew him as, uh, and treated him really as a, a celebrity coming to town with all these promises, uh, which, of course, turned out to be little uh, other than promises. They didn't turn out to be uh, facts at all. There was no investment of one and a half billion dollars. There was no 6,000 jobs. There was no luxury hotel. What we have now, just up the road from where I'm talking to you from, is a golf course on a wilderness, which has now been destroyed uh, for future generations to enjoy. There's no uh, 6,000 jobs. There's less than 100 jobs, as we show in the film and the luxury hotel has never been built but the bullying and harassment 
of the residence uh, has continued over many years. And Mr. Trump, uh, true to form with him building the wall between the United States and Mexico while in the White House, or at least beginning it, he built these huge walls of earth around the residents' homes in order to block their view and also to stop that his own golfers from having to look at the houses that he described as ugly and that he wanted to get rid of. Okay, he's such a terrible person. Donald Trump uh, lied to the people of Scotland. Really? That's shocking. Um, so uh, I actually think the most important part of the story is the lawsuits. We're going to get to that in a minute. But uh, but you also mentioned how you sat down with him in 2013. And, and so that's the part of the amazing thing about Donald Trump. So at that point, you guys are locked in a battle. Uh, he, you know, I, I'm forget the exact chronology of when he called you terrible names, but but certainly no friend of yours, right? That's but right. It, but it appears that he just can't help himself. You had a shiny camera, so he he run, it, You know the details. That's why I'm asking you. Did he just rush in to do the interview because a camera is a camera, and he just can't help himself? Well, what happened was Michael Forbes, the farmer, uh, after the film, after You've Been Trumped, was shown on BBC television, uh, a, a screening that Mr. Trump's lawyers tried to stop at the last minute. They launched an 11th hour bid to block the screening. It failed. The screening went ahead and the public opinion in Scotland changed dramatically. Up until that point, they'd been people here had been quite in favour of this development. But when they saw the reality in the film of how he had treated the local residents, that changed. And the farmer, Michael Forbes, was voted Scotsman of the Year in a national poll. And it was a vote sponsored by Glenfiddich Whiskey. And Mr. Trump's response to the uh, outcome of that vote was to ban, ban Glenfiddich Whiskey from all his resorts around the world. Uh, but at that award ceremony, I told a reporter that I was planning to do a, a second film, A Dangerous Game. And uh, the reporter wrote up the story. And after that, Mr. Trump's then lawyer, George Sorrell, called me up out of the blue. Up until this point, they'd had nothing to do with me. I, they'd never returned my calls. My requests for interviews had gone on deaf ears, had fallen on deaf ears. And there was no attempt whatsoever to, to engage with me. However, that all changed. Donald Trump Jr., uh, came to uh, Scotland and I was told to, that I could go and meet with him. And at that point, I asked Mr. Trump if uh, Donald Trump Jr., if Mr. Trump, his father, would do an interview with me. And he agreed. So there was a, a complete about turn. And I think it was because they'd seen how public opinion had changed in Scotland, they felt they had to have a different approach, knowing that there was another film coming up. And they decided to open up the Trump organization. I went to uh, the New Jersey golf course and Donald Trump Jr. was there and he took me around the whole golf course. Um, but it was a very different uh, way of, of trying to uh, approach me as a filmmaker during the making of that second film. That also changed when uh, Trump himself sat down for the interview and you started asking questions, right? Yes, I mean, he came into the room, he was uh, charming as he, as he is when he when he first enters the room. But I, as soon as I started to ask him questions about his treatment of the local residents, the atmosphere changed. And 
in particular, the way that he had spoken of Molly Forbes, the 86-year-old woman who at that stage was 92, and her son Michael, who he'd called a pig. He, Mr. Trump, stood by all of those uh, phrases. He said that he didn't regret any of it at all, and uh, that Michael Forbes needed to clean up his property. He was standing in the way of, of progress. And Michael Forbes's mother, Molly, uh, Mr. Trump said, reminded him of his own mother, because Donald Trump's mother, of course, hailed from uh, the Western Isles of Scotland. And Molly Forbes, who was a land girl during the Second World War, is a very incisive person. And she made the point to me then, just ahead of the US election, that Donald Trump is a child who's never grown up. And she also said that if there was a victory for Mr. Trump, there would be a world war during the time he was president of the United States. Now, of course, that hasn't happened, but we have a, a worldwide pandemic. And the way that he has responded, uh, I think, during the coronavirus crisis, um, you could have foreseen by going back through the tapes of how he behaved when he came to Scotland, because the Scottish story is really a microcosm of what has been unleashed on a worldwide scale since Mr. Trump became president of the United States. Yeah. Uh, so now um, let's go to the broader issue. So, uh, Anthony, uh, he did he threaten to sue you for both movies, uh, You've Been Trumped and You've Been Trumped too? And then tell us about the ramifications of that, because I think that a lot of people have no idea how the legal system works and how the powerful use it uh, to try to uh, prevent all critique of their uh, actions. Yes, I mean, it's it's all about freedom of speech, isn't it? Because what he did is he took to Twitter and he lambasted me on Twitter, as he, as he of course, does. Uh, and he said that I could be expect I could expect to be sued very soon. Um, and he also, as I mentioned earlier, threatened to sue the BBC. Uh, but what happened when we finished You've Been Trump 2, I hadn't really encountered before, because he, his organization, Trump International, threatened to sue anybody who repeated anything in the film, let alone showed it. And so our distributor in the United States pulled out. They asked us to take their name off the front of the film. Our coast-to-coast -coast release at cinemas was cancelled overnight. We were left with one cinema in New York. Um, our, we were going to be screening the film on Now This. They pulled out, fearing Mr. Trump's reprisals. Uh, the UK newspapers had reported on the plight of Molly Forbes and how she had to collect water from a stream in order to uh, have a cup of tea. She had to take this water out of the stream, boil it, and, and that was the only source of water she had because the Trump organization had failed to fix her pipe properly. Um, now, when the newspapers ran that story, the Trump organization uh, rang up the editors and told them to take it down, and they obliged because of the legal threat. And it was a very, very worrying situation that a film which tried to give voice to these local residents wasn't able to be seen by Americans ahead of the election. And our insurance to most filmmakers will be familiar with the fact that you have to have what's called errors and omissions insurance when you release a film. Uh, and the problem was that our quotes were sky high uh, because of Mr. Trump's legal threats. And so we couldn't get the insurance. And so the whole issue of getting the film out was impossible in the light of Mr. Trump's 
legal threats. And here we are now in 2020, after four years, we finally managed to secure insurance at a reasonable cost and find a distributor, Journeyman Pictures, who will take the risk and, and get the film out there. And uh, so people can now see it on iTunes. So, Anthony, um, you know, I don't know if you know the exact cost, but I have a rough sense of it. So if people are wondering, why would an, uh, a reputable paper pull an perfectly legitimate article about a movie uh, because somebody like uh, Lohard, like Trump, threatens to sue. Well, Trump often, that's the one threat that he usually delivers on, or the one promise that he delivers on. And then it'll cost them a couple of hundred thousand dollars to run one article. And so uh, from a business perspective, I totally understand their decision. They're like, really, is this one article worth several hundred thousand dollars? And now in the reality is, of course, that affects your reputation, your brand, et cetera. But Anthony, you can kind of see how it's fairly easy to intimidate the media from running anything negative about rich folks by just threatening to sue them, right? That's right. But the key word there, Jenk, I think, is threatening to sue, because that's what Mr. Trump is very, very good at. He threatens. I mean, we've seen that recently, of course, with uh, his niece, Mary Trump's tell Burke and his former national security advisor, John Bolton, as well. These are threats and people respond to threats, particularly, as I say, these in our case, it was the um, uh, the, the insurers just wouldn't back a film with somebody like Mr. Trump, who do, does have a litigious background, of course, and he does uh, sometimes follow up on the threats. But I've found in my own experience, it's added up to threats. And it's the classic trait, if you will, of a bully, I think, as, as, as Molly Forbes has said to me, um, as a, a mother who's raised children herself, she has often described Mr. Trump as a child in his approach uh he if he doesn't get his way he gets very angry and he um promises to sue people and that's the way he appears to operate yeah molly forbes had that figured out before the rest of the planet uh he's a pathetic little child he's actually the worst brat you've ever seen in your entire life uh totally entitled bullies incredibly insecure doesn't care about anyone else just literally the worst of us. And it's an international embarrassment uh, that America chose him to be his leader. Uh, it, it's it, unfortunately, I'm worried that it is, it's a turning point for uh, America being considered a third world country. Um, so yeah, go ahead, Anthony, you were going to say something. No, I was just going to say, I mean, uh, Barack Obama was talking about democracy um, at the end of the convention. And you know, the importance of democracy and the importance of freedom of speech. I, I feel that one of the things that's so important is that whatever side of the political argument you are on, whether you're a Trump supporter or not, that at least you should have the opportunity to see films or see articles that give voice to people with the alternative point of view. I mean, in the film, Mr. Trump makes the case for himself many times, uh, but without the opportunity of getting on the airways, the ordinary people don't have that uh, that access to Twitter and those masses of followers. And he has that at the palm of his uh, hand every single day, and he uses it in a way that is so divisive and so threatening uh, for 
everyone. And I think that it's very important that uh, whether you like them or not, you are able to see films which give another point of view. So, Anthony, you're way more polite than I am. You're, and I, I got to be honest, my real assessment is you're barking up the wrong tree. If they're a Trump supporter, they don't care about freedom of speech or policy or principles or ideology at all. They would love to shut you down and shut down anyone who doesn't agree with them while screaming freedom of speech at the top of their lungs. For them, freedom of speech means I talk and you shut up. Uh, and so there, there is no... there giant hippers. I'm not just talking about Trump. I'm talking about all of his voters in 2020. 2016, maybe a lot of people got tricked, okay, because partly because they didn't see your film. Um, okay, but in 2020, everybody knows, everybody knows. So, and Anthony, it's not just you. Uh, they they try to shut down anyone who's uh, for the boycott and divestment and, and sanctions of Israel, uh, and they pass laws in America, and it's not just Trump, it's the Republican Party, and a lot of times the Democratic Party you're not allowed to have freedom. So Trump has threatened to sue anyone who ever talks about his grades in high school. <laughs> I mean, freedom of speech. No, he's like, if you ever tell people how embarrassingly stupid I am, I'll sue you into oblivion. And I have lawyers and I have a lot of money and you don't. And, and they use, look, there's reasons for the legal system to be set up in the way that it is. And it has advantages. But but finally here, Anthony, the, the, the big disadvantage is unless they are savvy enough like you were and can eventually find a partner like you did, it is so easy to drive folks who are critics of the powerful like you away from the marketplace of ideas by just using the legal system to bully them with lawyers. Yeah, no, I think that's that's certainly true. I mean, I think as well, though, it's important to remember that back in 2016, remember that at this stage, people were talking about Hillary Clinton walking the election. And, and here in Scotland, he was Mr. Trump was seen as a joke figure still, as a, a reality TV show host. But I remember when I was in Flint, Michigan, and going to one of those early uh, rallies that he had, I knew that he was going to win. I just had a feeling that he was going to win because he had the people in the palm of his hand with these promises that make America great again. It was all going to be great. Everything was going to be great in the same way that he had promised the people of Scotland. Everything was going to be great. The greatest golf course ever in the world, he promised. A billion and a half dollars of investment, 6,000 jobs. And the reality is stacked up to be nothing like that. And, it, and it's so terrible when those uh, promises are made to people who believe them and then they're left with absolutely nothing. Well, you just described the entire United States of America. Um, so, Anthony Maxer, uh, the movie is You've Been Trump 2. Um, and, Anthony, real quick, where can people watch it? You can watch it on iTunes and Google Play. All right. So, everybody check it out. It's been a long time coming. Uh, Trump wanted to make sure you didn't see this movie. So, go out, rush, and, and watch it, and certainly before the election. Anthony, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Thanks very much for having me on, Jenk.